0: The following audio content is a talk given at The Inn, a college ministry of University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website, theinnseattle.org. My name is Annika, and I am on staff here with The Inn. Um, So if this is your first time to the summer inn, welcome. We're glad you're here. Uh, We've been going through a series called Mythbusters, And Kaylee got us started talking about prayer and some of the things that we believe about prayer. Uh, Chris Sherman talked about worship last week and how it's more than just singing songs and um, and more about what we can give than what we can gain. And tonight, I am finishing up the series, and I'm talking about Scripture. Uh, So, uh, the three myths we're going to be looking at are, uh, the first one is, Scripture is not applicable to my life. Second is, Scripture is boring and dry. And the third is that scripture is just a bunch of rules. Um, and these are all things that I've thought and experienced. And um, so I'm really excited to get to share with you guys tonight. Uh, but before we get started, one of the myths that we're not going to talk about is one that looks at kind of the, is scripture real? How do I know it's true? How do I know it's the word of God? How do I know kind of these questions about how the Bible was put together and all all of that. Uh, and that is those are awesome questions. And one thing... That's really cool about this community is it's a really great place to, to ask those questions and there's a ton of resources to answer questions. Um, I know Ryan and Janie both on staff and way smarter than me and they went to seminary and they studied these things so they they are resources for you guys to ask questions. Um, I printed out this little yellow sheet that's on the back and there's some different books so if you have questions about that you could check out some of these books um, and also there's apologetics class classes which I know people in this room have taken and really enjoyed, where you can hear more of those debates and reasons um, why we can trust this book. Um, But before we get started tonight, I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll begin. All right. Uh, Dear God, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for a space in the summer where we can um, just come and reconnect to you and to celebrate the fact that we're, we're in this together and that we're not trying to figure out what it means to follow you alone. So I pray for tonight, Lord, that you will uh, use my words, and or that you will just use things I say or random thoughts in people's heads, whatever it is, Lord, that um, that that you will use all of that to um, to help us to know what you're trying to say to us tonight. So be with us in Jesus' name, Amen. So the first one we're going to look at is uh, scripture is not applicable to my life, and. Uh, When I was a senior in college, that year uh, was a super rough year for me. I had, um, and it wasn't a time where I didn't believe God and I was questioning these things, but it was a time where my personal relationship with God just kind of kept digressing. And in the middle of that, I had applied to be an intern at a college ministry in Tennessee, and I had got the position, so I was headed to Tennessee to do ministry. But in the meantime, my, my relationship was just getting farther and farther from God. And it was a year where my mentor had moved away, my boyfriend of two years, and I had broken up. My core group had fallen apart. The ministry was going through changes. I would just come back from study abroad and was trying to figure out how to fit all these new experiences into my life back home. Um, And I was living with a lot of people that were living a really different lifestyle than I was trying to live. So a combination of all those things, plus senior, what am I going to do? You know, all that stuff, just made it a really hard year, and instead of kind of clinging to the Lord and clinging to reading my Bible and doing all these things that I I thought I should probably be doing, I just kind of got frustrated and discouraged and hurt and uh, further away from God. And when when I moved home for the summer, before I went to Tennessee, I remember seeing my younger brother, and he was just on fire for the Lord. And he was so excited and so much joy and was healthy and alive, and I was like... And when I saw him, it was that contrast of like, oh my goodness, like, I have... I remember when I used to be like that, like happy and joyful, and now I'm just this frustrated, cranky, kind of negative person. And so seeing him was a wake-up call for two two reasons. One, I was like, man, I want that joy again, and I want that healing. And the second was like, man, if I'm going to go do ministry, I need to figure some stuff out before I head to Tennessee. Um, So that started this kind of journey of like, okay, but if I was honest with myself, I was like, okay, praying and reading my Bible, And spending quiet times, like, it's summer, like, that sounds terrible. Like, that sounded really boring to me, and I just wasn't, I was like, okay, I know I should be doing these things, but why? Like, what's the point of all this? So in this journey, I came across this statistic that says 300 to 3,000 times a day we see an advertisement. And I might be like, yeah, we see a lot of things, you know, on the internet, all this stuff, but I started to think about the significance of that and thinking about OK, what do advertisements try and do? They want to sell us something. But to sell us something, first they have to point out the need. So they might be like, so all these 300 to 3,000 times a day you're getting told, your shoes are kind of old, your skin's kind of gross, you should lose some weight, you're going to be single forever unless you have wrench dressing or whatever it is. Like they just <laughs> make all these statements and point out kind of all these weak spots in our lives. And so all day long, we're hearing all this garbage about how we don't measure up, how we need this, how we need that, how we should look like this, and how all this stuff. And I started thinking, okay, what what is speaking in the other year? Like, where am I hearing truth in my life? For my friends? Maybe. For my family? Sometimes. And I started to realize, like, okay, if I woke up every morning and read a note on my pillow that was like, dear Annika, you are fat, ugly, and no one likes you, like, Whether I believe that or not, (laughs) even if I could be like, okay, that's not true. But if I read that every day, like, that would start to sink in to who I believed I was. And in the same way, I'm like, all these things that I'm hearing every day, they have to be sinking in somewhere, and what's speaking in the other ear? And I started to think about scripture, and I was like, okay, even if I get nothing out of the Bible, even if I get nothing out of it, at least I'm hearing these messages of truth. And that was the first thing that was like, okay, I guess I'll start reading my Bible, so at least I can, you know, try to fight against all this other stuff that I'm hearing. And I began to kind of go through and pick out these verses that said something different than the messages I was hearing and began to say them to myself and repeat them and read them over and over again. Um, and a lot of times Christians talk about scriptures written on your heart. And I think that's, you know, I'm always like, what does that really mean? But I think for me it was as I began to read these different Things you can throw up the. What's up there? Yes. The Lord says, I'm chosen. I'm the Lord's. I'm destined for greatness. I'm a home for the Holy Spirit. I'm not alone. I'm appointed, guided in all truth, not the world, considered a friend, offered peace, prayed for by Jesus. As I began to repeat these things and different verses throughout my day, these things started to kind of come into my mind. So instead of some of these negative ideas, these truths started coming into my mind. And I think that that's what it means by having this scripture when it's written on your heart, it's something we've heard so much that it becomes this new kind of truth that speaks to us. And how many of you guys have heard of Jesus Calling or read Jesus Calling? Probably some of you. It's a devotional that is really popular right now, but the the woman who wrote it, she's writing it as though Jesus is speaking to us. And her story is she was someone who read a lot of scripture and kind of soaked in these truths and then in her times of prayer with the Lord she felt like he was saying these amazing comforting supportive encouraging sometimes kick in the butt things to her about how to live your life and I don't think that that's unique to just this random lady I think that God wants all of us he wants to speak to all of us in that way and that we could all be people who kind of dwell in this truth and that know it so well that Jesus uses it to speak directly into our lives. So for me, I found that this truth was something that was applicable. It was something that every day there were situations where I needed to hear peace or encouragement or it's not about me or serve your neighbor or all these different things. So our first myth is busted now. Um, The second myth... We looked at is scripture is boring and dry. Um, when I started to think about this that senior year after I'd graduated I realized that since we learned to read and we're in school we were trained to read in a certain way. we were trained to say to read all all of these hundreds of pages especially in college and be like okay what's the main point? How does it apply? What are the questions on the test? How do I figure out the main point and apply it to my life or apply it to this test? or apply it to my homework assignment. And that is an effective way to go through college because there's way too much reading for us all to do. But it's completely opposite of how we watch a movie. You don't watch a movie and you're not like, okay, tell me the main point in 15 seconds, I don't want to watch this. You, you watch it because you enjoy it. You want to see these characters develop. You want to hear these funny lines. You want to see these outfits and this romance develop and you know, have quotable things and you know, see crazy places Or see this adventure. Like, you want to, you watch the story to see it unfold and to enjoy it. And it's not about, what's the main point? How does it apply to my life? Tell me 15 seconds. And I think, I realized this, and I was like, man, I read scripture way more like I read a textbook than like I watch a movie. And I wonder what scripture would be like if I kind of looked at it more like a movie and tried to, like, notice different random things or... So, um for me i I started setting a timer and so i 'd be like i'd start set my timer for 20 minutes if I had 20 minutes to spend in the Bible and I would just kind of read as far as I got in 20 minutes and try and like notice things more and it was way more interesting it was way way more interesting and I started noticing these random things that that don't have a ton to do with Jesus and salvation and all these theological points, but they were relevant and funny and I think I found the first blonde moment ever recorded. Um, There's this scene in Acts 12. I can say that. But there's a scene in Acts 12 where Peter is uh, one of Jesus' disciples, and he's talking to all these people about Jesus. They throw him into prison, and he gets released by an angel. But meanwhile, there's this whole group of people, and they're praying in this house, and they're so sad because Peter's just, you know, he's gone. He's in prison. What are we going to do? We're so worried about him. And so Peter comes to the house, and he knocks on the door. And it says the servant girl ran up, saw that it was Peter, like, screamed, slammed the door, and ran back and told everyone. (laughs) And then it's like, and meanwhile, Peter was still knocking on the door. (laughs) And I just picture Peter being like, are you kidding me? Like, I just escaped from prison. Let me inside. And she's like, oh, my gosh. Peter's here. He's alive. (laughs) And it was just this random thing that had nothing to do with, you know, all the, like, who Jesus was and all this stuff. But it was something that I was like, I could see myself. I'm not the o- people who have been doing stupid things since the beginning <laughs> of time. This is awesome. And it was just these random things that just made me laugh or made scripture real or come alive for me in a way that wasn't boring and wasn't something that was interesting to me. Um, another thing that as I started to look at it more like I watch a movie, I started to look for more stories. Uh, when I moved to Tennessee, most of the pe- I grew up going to church, but I never went to Sunday school. I would sit with my parents in color. And I don't know what I did when I got old too old to color, but I still didn't go to Sunday school. Um, but so I just never grew up hearing all these Bible stories. But when I went to the South, they would make all these little Christian jokes about, oh, Samson's hair, and I'm like, oh, Samson. Like I get home and try and look up these things because I'm like, I'm supposed to be their leader, and I have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, so that was so I'd you know look in the back of my Bible and be like, okay, Samson. It's like Second Kings verse chapter three verse twelve to. Chapter 4, verse 14. I'm like, okay. So I read that random chunk about Samson. I'm like, who is this dude? Why is his hair long? Why, you know, why is he famous? All this kind of stuff. But that was way more interesting to me than being like, okay, 2 Kings verse 1, chapter 1. Let's read. Um, but looking at this story, like who are these people? And Peter was another one that I, I got, kind of got curious, like who is this Peter guy? So I started re- skimming through the Bible, and every time I saw the name Peter... I'd read the story about Peter and then keep going and then read the story about Peter. So I ended up just reading all these different stories about Peter and got to figure out, okay, who is this guy? Is he cool? Is he annoying? Am I like him? Am I not? Why is he famous? Why did Jesus say he was going to build his church on this guy? All these different things, and it was way more interesting to me, um, way more interesting to read Scripture that way. And the third way that I uh, began to re- look at Scripture was these themes. And another thing, when I was in the South, the men and women, gender roles are just more traditional, and it got me curious, like, okay, how did Jesus see women? How did he treat them? How did he talk to them? And so I started looking through the Gospels, and every time I saw Jesus and woman in the same paragraph, I started reading about that to just see, okay, what similarities are there between how Jesus talks to women or treats women, Um, and was really encouraged by all that. And another thing was, I remember being like, what is the Holy Spirit? Like, what does that even mean? And I asked my mentor, and she's like, why don't you look up every scripture where it says Holy Spirit and figure it out for yourself? And I was like, really? Like, are you kidding me? Just tell me what it means in 15 seconds. Um, But I did it because she wouldn't tell me the answer, so I started going through, and a couple years later, (laughs) figured out a little bit more of what it means to have the Holy Spirit. Um, But it was just this totally different way to read scripture than from beginning to end, or this textbook. So those were the three, I think I have little things. Tip one, allow yourself to notice details. Tip two, read stories. Who's Samson? Who's Peter? What, hap- what happened after Eve ate the apple? What happened to the church, or Adam ate the apple? What happened to the church after Jesus went back to heaven? Like all these different things, like picking things that are interesting to you and reading about them. And the third one was looking at these themes. What does grace even mean? Look up where it says grace in the Bible, and figure it out. What did Jesus, how did he, yeah, you can (laughs) read this. So that was was one, and, you know, every time I read scripture, I'm not like, oh my gosh, this is so funny, or this is so interesting. But if I have a time where I read it and it is boring, I'm like, well, at least I'm putting something good into my brain, and we'll call it a day. So the third uh, myth that I think we have... Scripture is just a bunch of rules. I totally forgot to ask questions. Okay, I forgot in the summary and we're doing questions. So we're going to take a moment and we're going to ask the question of, do you watch Scripture or do you read, when have you read Scripture more like a textbook? And when have you, have you ever read it in a way where it's more like a movie where you've noticed something different like that? Um, And the other question is, where do you hear truth in your life? So we're going to take three minutes. So turn to the person next to you or process by yourself, journal to yourself, there's paper back there, and go. You guys can finish your conversations later. Go get some fro-yo. So the third myth is scripture is just a bunch of rules. And it's true that there are a lot of rules and there's a lot of suggestions about how to live your life in the Bible. And but a lot of the times when Jesus or the Bible says these things it's it's they're not these really mean harsh rules they're things that are there to protect us from something or keep us from doing stupid things like it says do not get drunk on wine because drunkenness leads to debauchery. And how many of us have drank too much and done something stupid that we regret? You know when you wake up the next morning you're like dang it that was you know and you have all this harm or this hurt or this stuff in your life and and Jesus is like, that's why I said, don't get drunk on wine, because it leads to debauchery. And it's these things that he's he's saying, and the Bible's saying, and they're not these evil, strict things. They're things to protect us, and to, to help us live in, an, in the abundant life that he called us to. You know, I heard once, someone once explain it, like, it's like the little gate at the top of the stairs for your one-year-old. It's not like this evil thing, like, stay out of the stairs. It's like, I don't want you to fall down the stairs, so I'm going to put a little gate there. And there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that I'm like, but I think that looks fun down, you know. And, but <laughs> he's like, you can't walk and you'll stumble, you know. So there's, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that some of it makes sense to me and some of it I'm like, I'm just going to have to trust you. But that's, that's part about rules. But there is so, so, so much more to the rules. And I feel like when I started reading scripture, it, it was one of the ways that helped God go from being just a Facebook friend to like a real friend. <laughs> and I think a lot of us are like, oh, I know God. Like, he loves pizza, and he loves Dave Matthews Band. he went to Watershed last weekend, and he had so much fun, or he looked great in his pictures. But actually knowing someone is totally different. When you really know someone, it's when you're able to be like, oh, my gosh, Annika would love this. If she was here right now, she would think that was awesome. Or, oh, my gosh, Stephanie would think this was so funny. Or, you know, when you know your friends well enough, you know these things about them. Or you know, oh my gosh, I wonder what's happening. Lizzie said something kind of weird, and I, I wonder what's going on with her, because it doesn't seem like her. Like those are the, that's how you know if you really know someone. But How do you get there? How do you know God like that? And I think one, one way that we get to know each other so well is by having all these different kind of experiences with each other, and seeing each other in all these different um, settings. And one cool thing about reading the Bible, and especially the Old Testament, because that was something... I just never read. Um, Once it stopped at the picture Bible when I was little, (laughs) I don't think I ever opened it. But when I started to read that, it was you get to see God in all these settings throughout time. From the very beginning of time till when Jesus, you know, in Revelation, you get to see God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit in all these different settings. And to me, seeing these same characteristics throughout the whole Bible made me feel like I really was beginning to know who he was and what his character was. Um, and it was something where it even helped with, like, okay, well, what, you know, like, what would Jesus do? But it was like, oh, he would probably do something like this, or he would think this was funny, or this would be nice, or he'd open the door for this person. But it was something where, as I got to know more Scripture, I felt like I got to know more of the character of God and and really who He was. Um, and besides that, there is also in Scripture so much more. I talked about earlier these kind of these little verses that are truth, that can really speak to us. Um, But one thing I found as I was reading is these truths, they are these truths that can be written on our hearts and really impact our life. But there's so much more to the scripture around them. I remember I was a backpacking guide and my mom wrote me a little note, um, a little encouragement, and there was a note from Lamentations. I think it's up there. It says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And it was from Lamentations. I remember reading that and feeling really encouraged and his mercies are new every morning and just, you know, uplifted. And then I was like, Lamentations. Like, I have never heard of Lamentations. And so I like was like, where is this book? You know, so I'm like looking through, trying to find Lamentations. And I read the verse, and then I read the scripture around it. And I was like, what the heck is going on? Because this is what it says before it. The same guy is saying, like a bear lying in wait, like a lion in hiding, he dragged me from the path and mangled me. He left me without help. This is him talking about God. Um, he drew his bow and made me the target for his arrows. He pierced my heart with arrows of his quiver. He's broken my teeth with gravel and trampled me in the dust. And then he goes on in a few verses to say this. And I was like, what? Like, it was, it was something where I just was like, I became really intrigued. And I was like, how, who was this guy? Like, I wanted to know this guy's story. Because I'm like, how can he say these such dramatic, harsh things and then end up with this? And I'm like, what? Like, what is his faith like? What is his story? Like, that was really intriguing to me. And also, with God, it was really, really intriguing to me because um, I was like, if I was trying to write a book for people to believe in me and to get to know me and to want to be in relationship with me, and someone had a chapter in there, that was like, and then Annika shoved my face into the gravel and broke my teeth. <laughs> I, would, I mean, that would not be a selling point for me. And I'd be like, can we just leave that out? Like, or, like, or I would be someone who would be very defensive and be like, I did not do that. Like, that was you. You tripped and you fell. Like, it was not my fault or whatever it was. Um, and I kept reading in Lamentations trying to figure out, okay, does Jesus, like, does he reply to this? And he just lets it be. And I was like, who is this God that is confident enough in who he is and in his love? that he would, in the very, like, Lamentations is like smack dab in the middle of the Bible, would let, you know, some of these things just sit there. And that was something where I was like, wow, there's so much more in this book and so much more to God than than what I know and what I understand. And it made me excited to read. Um, So, next question is, is your relationship with God like a Facebook friend? Or have you began to understand, how is your relationship with God like a Facebook friend and how have you began to understand more of his character? So grab your friend, discuss those two things. Go. Once again, you guys can finish your conversations after. Um, But before we end tonight, I wanted to give you two practical things. And I think there's 2 there'd be two really cool goals to shoot for, or you guys can make your own goals with Scripture. But one is daily to spend even less than five minutes in Scripture to grab some truth, take a verse with you for the day, a word, a promise, read a Jesus calling, read a verse, and take that with you for your day. Less than five minutes. The second goal was to, once a week, allow yourself time to explore. And for me, that really... Like, I can't tell you how helpful it was for me to set my timer, where I'm like, okay, I got 30 minutes, so I'm going to use 30 minutes, and I set my timer, and if I, then I can let myself explore on these different things. Or if I get through a verse, I get through a verse. If I get through three chapters, I get through three chapters. If I have 10 minutes, I know that I won't, you know, if I let myself just get into the scripture, I won't, you know, miss my next class or whatever it is. So my recommendation would be set a timer. Um, My second one would be to explore, to allow your curiosity, your interest, and your creativity to guide you. So whatever you're thinking about this week, use the back of your Bible. There's all these different words, and you can look them up and check out different things or think about different themes. or But use your own curiosity and creativity. And if you're looking for a place to start, because I know for me that's half the battle. is like, where do I begin? Like, what? I don't even know. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, You could spend the next five years in those books (laughs) because there's just a lot of stuff in there and they're they're all stories about jesus there's stories with people in them Uh, so start there and the third tip would just be to bring a friend and i think it could be a really cool thing and some of my favorite times is when me and a friend sit down we both read for 20 minutes maybe in the same thing or maybe different things and then we talk about it and we see what did you notice what did you what stuck out to you Where'd you end up? You know, all that kind of stuff. So that could be a really cool thing with a friend, someone in your core group, to do that with them. Um, and also know at the end, be encouraged that even if you don't get anything out of Scripture when you read it, know that we are at least making a small dent into of truth um, into all the garbage that we hear constantly every day. So even if you don't get anything out of it, it's still doing something. And those Scriptures are still being written, written on your heart. And, uh, and sometimes it'll pop up later. So um, that's my encouragement to you. So please bear with me. Uh, dear God, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, God, that we can get to know you and your character through that. Uh, thank you that you say that Scripture is alive. And Lord, that we get to, um, I pray, Lord, that you would show us each ways that we can engage with Scripture, that it becomes alive and it becomes real and meaningful and impactful in our lives. Um so Lord, guide us in that and help us when we're stuck just to know where to start. And um, yeah, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.